SMS. <laughs> oh, <man>. Jesus Christ. What are you watching? You didn't see what he just showed you? Oh my god. Oh, Can you hear us, Chad? Mo. Mo. Jesus Christ, dude. I think Jared wins the award for worst Wi Fi now. Oh, it's so fucking ridiculous, dude. Like, how can you not afford fucking good internet? I mean, we're in the same area. I think we have the same we have the same service. I don't know what the hell's different. Dude, I don't I don't get it. My I'm literally fine on my internet all day, every day working from home. <laughs> like I was just streaming YouTube in 4K while I was eating dinner. And a second I get on the Zoom meeting. Everything shits the bed. You guys are frozen again. No, you're frozen. We're, <laughs> we're doing just fine. You're good now. What were you watching on YouTube? Yeah, no, I know it's my connection. Um, a recap of the George Payton post-Von Miller trade press conference. <laughs> Thank God that was in 4K. Is it George Payton or George Patton? It's Payton. Is it Peyton? Oh. One single T. Ah, got it. And I hear that you guys are paying all of his salary. Yeah, the every penny. Well, I'll take it. Hey, if it gets us an extra draft pick. That's a rounder, man. (laughs) (laughs) Those coveted six rounds. Just for this year. So cap space is irrelevant. We're not going to do it, make a run this year. Why don't you get get out of the room and try to come back in? I just tried that. Try it again. My God, dude. Jesus. I guess I didn't really think about that. I mean, you guys are on the internet all day. And then this is when it becomes an issue for him. Yeah, I don't know where he is. Maybe he's in a different part of the house that doesn't get it. Maybe not. Maybe, yeah, I guess. Um, Yeah, what are you and Erica doing for Thanksgiving? Are you guys coming Uh, up here or are you guys chilling? Now we're chilling. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we didn't come back for Thanksgiving last year either. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I didn't know if that was just like a COVID thing or, or something. No, no. I mean, if we weren't going to be up here or back up there for two weeks, like a month later, maybe we would. But all right. Yeah. You guys doesn't make sense. Gonna... Yeah. No, no. And I don't give a not. fuck about Thanksgiving anyway, honestly. Like it's <laughs> it's never been like one of my favorite holidays. So, um, all right. Can you fucking hear us? Oh, I can God. hear you. Yeah. Your faces are still super choppy, though. Yeah, that's so weird. So are you and you're in the office? Yeah, where are you? Are you are you I'm in the a, office all day? Yeah. And I never have an internet connection problem ever. Maybe it's my MacBook. I mean I can try my work computer. Well, you're working for now. All right. Well I, I have you guys as small as humanly possible so I can see you on my screen, but you're not using a lot of bandwidth. 
And I disconnected no. my phone from my Wi-Fi. So I think I think we're good. <laughs> right. we're, we're cooking. We're cooking with grease. All right. Oh, I, I got God. an important question for you guys to open things up. Yeah. Okay. Henry Ruggs. Good guy or good dude? <laughs> um. Can he be neither? Good. Yeah, he's probably neither. But I mean, <laughs> he might be a good dude. He might be a good I dude. Mean, I guess that's unfair of me to might say. Be a, I, it I might be really a wild know. time to go out with. <laughs> I, I heard he was going 156 miles an hour in his Corvette. Yeah, that's fucking... How do you survive that? Yeah, that, that's a great question. How is he the only one to get out of there unscathed? I mean, my God. All he had was like a cut and like a neck brace. Isn't that how it always ends up happening, though? I feel like every time you hear of like a drunk driver like hitting somebody. At least we know those new sick Corvettes are really safe. That's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, 160 fucking miles into a brick wall, essentially, and he turns out just fine. But, uh, so. Talk about one bad decision ruining your life, huh? I'll like, say one very, mm-hmm. very bad decision. He's an absolute idiot, and it's yeah. awful. Um, but. I'm sure those dudes do shit like that all the time. And, you know, one moment just like that. I mean, tons of people do that all the time. Not the driving 156 miles an hour part, but I mean, who hasn't like driven with like a couple drinks or several drinks, you know, under your belt? It, it happens all the time. And just most of the time you end up home safe or at worst you get pulled over. But to fucking kill somebody. I mean, imagine how much he drank to be to think that going almost 160 miles an hour was a good idea. I don't know how you can keep control of the car at that speed, like even I mean, dead sober. Right. It, he must have been on like a perfect straightaway to even get to that point. I mean, I don't know how quickly his car gets up, gets fast, but I mean, can't imagine he was doing a lot of turning. Yeah, it's just mind boggling. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, he's done. Uh, as quickly as he came, he is done. He was second-year player. Yeah, he, he bar- his career's barely begun. First-round pick, top ten pick, and really? he's done. Yeah, yeah, out of Alabama. You know, top. He was supposed to be. He was like the classic, like an Al Davis type player. That's like a straight line speed guy. But people thought he could turn into something more, and he he had some decent games this year. Like not like you know. Uh, compiling like a bunch of catches, but he had some big games yardage wise and a couple touchdowns, definitely a great deep threat, but I guess we'll never know. The Raiders just keep imploding. Yep. Yes. So make sure you're talking through your mic. Uh, well, I'm trying to connect my uh, AirPods and I'll fix go. my mic. No, you're good. Okay. Yeah. That sounds fine. Mo got lucky that time when we were URI and he was going 160 in the Highlander down route four hammered. Didn't realize this Highlander can get up to 160. <laughs> no, the, the Highlander could not get up to 160. Is that what you were driving? No, no, you were driving the fucking rabbit. I, I didn't hear the first thing you said. It was like mid my AirPods connecting. What was the first part? I, I said, you know, you got you just got lucky that time you were going 160 down Route 4 hammered in the Highlander. You were right. <laughs> no, I know. Um, did I drive the Highlander in college? No, I, I think, think I drove the, the rabbit boat. by then. Yeah, you had the rabbit. Yeah, that's what we were saying. The rabbit. No, I, I think the fastest I ever pushed the rabbit um, 
was 106 on 295. And I was like, Jared, you're such a fucking idiot. Like all it takes is one slight bad maneuver driving that fast. Just instant. Especially bad. with your reflexes. I know, right? <laughs> and then I, I just ne- never, I don't think I've driven above 100 mile an hour since. Uh, no, I don't think I've, I haven't got the Volvo up to uh, a hundo yet. I hit 85 and my whole car just starts to shake. It's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't really go above 80 very much. Uh, um, all right. So what do we want to uh, cover first here? We got a lot of good topics. Can I do my 90 second plug for, um, <laughs> for the, let me pull the buddy. Name of the podcast. Cause I forget it. Yeah, who, who the hell is this guy? Oh, you know, you know him. You've seen him on um, Rising, and he's all over Twitter. He's great on Twitter. Great follow. Okay, it's uh, it's on the Audible app. It's so I don't remember the name. The name of his podcast series is Meltdown. So it's actually like perfect timing. He released this I think a week or two ago, and it's all about how the current political climate um, is really driven by our response and the political response to the 2008 financial crisis. And I know there's been a lot of different. Uh, series and you know other things that have covered the 2008 financial crisis we we at least have a pretty good high level understanding i thought this would be the same story i'm four episodes in and it's actually only explain what happened to start the crisis for about a half of an episode the next however many episodes it is explains step by step decision maker by decision maker in the u.s government how we responded what bills were passed, what bills weren't passed, what the intent of those bills, how they were projected to the mainstream uh, media and the public versus what they were actually intended to do. Like a lot of things they didn't know till hindsight. It's insane, literally insane. Like we, we, like I'll give a very quick example. So we heard about how with that bailout money, Wall Street still gave those big executives bonuses, right? Yeah. And like there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who are very upset about that. It was actually lobbied and written into the bailout money that pre negotiated bonuses could still be paid. So there was like this decision after decision after decision was just like pure politicians being influenced by special interests in Wall Street and being Wall Street's puppets and just pure bureaucracy and like government not being able to get out of its own way. It's an insane story. So highly recommend everybody give it a listen. It's pretty dark. Are you getting a, a piece of the proceeds of this podcast? <laughs> no, no. I just, when I find something good that I think people will learn from, I like to share it. And I think everybody will learn some. Like, I've only been listening to a couple episodes a day. And after that, like, yeah, this is depressing. And I got to change it. <laughs> That's very thoughtful of you to think of everyone else there. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, um, that's, my, that's my plug. Sweet. Where do you want to start with, Adam? Um, well, I was going to say, I think my topic sort of connects to both of your topics in a way. And it's probably a little quicker um, there's not a whole lot of debate to go along with it, but it's about the uh, gubernatorial um, elections that took place yesterday. Um, so we can start with that. We can go over sure. that quick. All right. So obviously we've all been just super engrossed in 
in the uh, the elections going on. Um, obviously not, because I feel like we didn't know about any of this until like a week ago. Um, but yeah, I think it was just Virginia, New Jersey. There might have been another state I'm thinking of um, that had their was, um, gubernatorial elections that took place yesterday. Um, Virginia has been the focus, though, just because of the fact that, you know, it, it is a state that has predominantly been a blue state. Um, no Republican has won a statewide election in that state since 2009, uh, which is pretty wild. And it's also a state that Joe Biden in the election last year uh, won by 10 percentage points, like had a pretty good hold on That's Virginia. massive, like yeah, landslide. So, I mean, you know, if, if you're a Democrat, you kind of or like, you know, rooting for the liberals, I guess, out there, liberal politicians, you're really banking on, you know, keeping a hold on this state. Well, the election is coming gone and Republican Glenn Youngkin has defeated Terry McAuliffe, who is the incumbent, uh, the Democrat, who uh, it was a very tight race. It was like, I think on Monday, like the, the projections were like super, super tight. There really wasn't any uh, clear way to call it. But uh, Youngkin edges out uh, McAuliffe 50.9% to 48.4. Wow. I didn't see the final results. Yeah. So very close, very, very close. Could have gone either way. But um, it's safe to say that, you know, based on the results, whether McAuliffe um, pulls that out or loses like he did, it's still pretty astounding to see that a state, like we just said, a, a Republican candidate has not won a statewide election there since 2009, um, edges out a Democrat and takes the state. Um, and there may, there's a lot of talk about it, mainly because of it kind of really goes along with a lot of the things that we were texting about today, how it seems that people are starting to you know, wake up to, you know, how Democrat, like Democratic candidates are all kind of the same these days. And, and not to say, not to tout any Republican candidates as being like generational and, you know, super attractive for voters. But as we've always talked about, and we feel, feel, feel like we covered it pretty extensively on this podcast, it seems like the Democrats only care about, like, I think Jared used the, term perfectly uh, like word salads, like race politics and very divisive speech and, and things like that. And, and saying, making very vague promises that don't really get delivered on. So everyone's talking about this particular outcome. I think a Republican won New Jersey as well, if I'm not mistaken. No, so the, the Dems ended up squeaking out the way oh, they but did. It was like way, way closer than it should have been. Okay. So obviously we're seeing a trend here and it seems like, you know, and obviously, and this kind of goes with my, my question, do we think this is as big of a deal as people are making it out to be? I mean, it's only two States that we're really focusing on and it's not like they're senators or members of the house of representatives, but is this a big deal that we're seeing this like shift in predominantly blue states when it comes to who's running these states or is it just kind of small potatoes? Sorota. I'll chime in. <laughs> I wish I had the plugs. David Sorota had some good connections. I so wish you had a good I guess it depends too, like me, what really you do. mean by the, 
I didn't hear anything. <laughs> that I said. No, that internet connection. Like, <laughs> so, so maybe it's not my connection. I, I think it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I don't delayed. think Ty hasn't Ty hasn't broken up at all. I, I think it's just you, Mo. You just kind of delayed. That's all. You guys sound great to me. Get it together, Thanks. dude. Um, so I, I guess like the way you frame the question, like, is it small potatoes or is it a big deal? I think in the way it actually like, impacts the States, it's small potatoes. I don't think it's gonna be a big deal at all because right, they're still corporatists like neocon versus whatever they call, um, like that wing of conservative, the conservative party. But, but I do think it's a, a big deal and definitely like follows all of the polls saying that, I think many Americans who voted for Biden on his promise of quote unquote return to normal um, were looking for more than just a return to normal, right? I, I think part of it is like all of his campaign promises, they haven't done anything, right? They haven't done any of them at all, not one. Um, the response to COVID and impact on schools, the even though Biden hasn't really like been a part of the kind of woke theory and the cultural race theories, obviously like a lot of the talking points after the election, I think, I think it shows like most suburban households and rural households are like, yo, I want nothing to do with this shit at all. Right. Like I want, when it comes to schools, we're the ones who need to have impact on our schools. We're not trusting these crazy virtue signaling, liberal politicians who have been following no science, no logic and coming up with these crazy rules for two years now, we demand something different. And I don't think it by any means, like this is a referendum on the Republicans are running the right campaign. I think the Dems are imploding that bad that like, this is what happens and you stand for nothing time after time after time, right? The Biden election, they ran on nothing other than Trump is bad. And then some campaigns everybody knew they would never do right these promises these last few elections like even uh, governor newsom the gavin newsom california recall was all about trump is bad i would say there's a lot of similarities between these two races in a lot of ways (laughs) yeah like this election was the same thing trump is bad Keep the kids out. <laughs> what is there? Still well, it was just. Life? It was like a ten second gap between after I talked and when you just answered. <laughs> like there is right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll just walk over and use your internet. Perfect. Uh, yeah, you guys get my point. So I do think it's a big deal in referendum on the Democratic Party. So yeah, I agree, and that's why it matters. Like, uh, you know, nothing changes in the state. You know, like. I mean, what, what the fuck can kind of control outside of like COVID stuff, maybe because we've seen their, you know, power kind of increase uh, with like special orders. But outside of that, like a governor is not really going to impact your your life whatsoever one way or the, you know, one way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like everybody's been talking about, this is like a projection of, you know, uh, future Senate races, right? And future uh, presidential uh you know elections in two years like it kind of is like a a pulse on you know what the electorate is feeling at the given time so it's more of like just a uh a messaging thing you know when republicans win or when democrats win you know these you know state level elections i think it's more especially now today's day and age just like you know a pulse on national politics so I think that's why it's a big deal today, like especially on Twitter and shit like that. 
Um, you know, like I, we were talking about, you know, Biden, right. And that having probably some impact on it. Like, I think we can go into detail on like the, the misses he's had. Right. I mean, he started off hot with, you know, the checks and, uh, what was his cares actor now? Um, something else. I, I wasn't cares act, but his stimulus package mm-hmm. approval rating was as high as it's ever yeah. been. Um, like, I don't think he's been bad personally on like COVID because I don't, I just don't think he's really made one, you know, crazy stance or another, unless I can forget this year. Um, and so I think he's really just getting fucked by like all the supply chain issues and the impact it's having on our economy. Like, do you guys think if the economy was like booming right now and we had like a real rebound? that we'd be having these same kind of conversations and the mood in the country would be what it is. Oh, I, I think it would be dramatically different. And, and again, like, like you said, Ty, like some of these things, like a president, yes, we, we blame the president because that's like the one singular person with the most power in our country. So it makes obvious sense for us to pin it on him or her, whoever it is. But yeah, I mean, even like the economy, like I always think of like, like Bill Clinton, who, you know, at that, when he was president, we had a surplus in our economy. And to this day, people still credit him, you know, as like, Ooh, well, we had a surplus when Clinton was here, even though much like gas prices and things like that, like presidents really don't have as much control over that stuff as, as we would think, or that most people think. But even if that's the case, if we, because I think that this past quarter is the lowest rate of recovery we've had since the pandemic like began yeah it's been um, a few months of like really bad jobs numbers really bad everything right which i don't think we can blame all of that on like supply chain inflation shortages etc well no I, I certainly don't think that's yeah i, I agree you attribute I it more, it's more I, the I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't attribute it to say like, I don't think we know the answer, but I don't think anybody has any confidence Biden and his team are going to figure out a solution. Like, like you ask him about inflation and what we're doing about it and all that. Like, I don't know. They just don't seem to have any real idea of what's going on or any like leadership and messaging of, Hey, these are some tough times. Like we knew these were coming. Here's how we're going to get through it. Like there's none of that. And I, I think that's a fair assessment. I think, you know, Joe looks older and older every fucking day, dude. When I saw that video yeah. of him falling asleep. Yeah. And, and he's saying less and less every day. Yeah. Like, I, so, I mean, I, I know I gave my uh, rubber stamp, rubber seal of approval when I said he's my favorite president ever. <laughs> favorite president like of all ago. time. <laughs> um, you know, but it, it's not like he's done anything spectacular. I guess my only thing <laughs> is like. Months. It, it this wouldn't have been any different at all, which is just like the the classic like if you're a, like a, a Republican voter, like it, it's so it's a layup for you to just say, oh look at how bad the country is, look at all these numbers, you know, and they're fucking idiots. They don't understand anything, and so they just say, oh well, you know, all these numbers, you know, gas and food and you know, et cetera, is is you know twice what it was you know last year when trump was president and it's like i i hope like most people realize that this our our country would not be materially different right now 
if Donald Trump were president. Well, yeah, it, it really wouldn't. But it you really also got to remember, like, if you look at the Mitch McConnell sound bites and even like the Joe Manchin sound bites, they literally they're they know they're wrong and they're lying through their teeth. A tribute that all these price increases to all of the irresponsible Democratic spending in the previous stimulus package. All right, which is not the related. Biggest bullshit i've ever heard in my life i agree we i know it is like all you have to you live one day at our job and you see it has nothing to do with government spending it's impacting every industry in the world but for people who only watch fox news and that's their soundbite they believe it oh they they think joe's the worst they're making all my food costs double gas is higher than ever right it's because they gave the money to all those poor blacks like that's literally what they're thinking (laughs) Yeah, wow, it- Joy Ann Morelli. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm in the, general, impersonating I think, them. Yeah, there's, I mean, I think as long as we've had these discussions about presidents, they've always gotten credit for things and blame for things that they really don't have a ton of control over. And that's never going to really change. So, but I agree with Ty. Like, I don't think things would be that much different yeah. if Trump were here. So, do you think um, all of this, think of all the hysteria right now and all the, clamoring for finding the right answer when i mean the answer is just the economy's shit right now joe biden's the president joe biden's a democrat there's an election people aren't happy they're not going to vote democrat right like at least there's that opportunity there's that recipe for it like i don't know if it's much more complex than that no i I don't think it's actually right but I, I think because like if you look at history, right, that's definitely how the story's been and why he's flip flopping Democrat, Republican, Democrat, Republican. But like these parties don't do anything to help themselves either. Right. Like, oh, God, no. There, there, there was a pretty clear path if you wanted to continue that popularity by putting together some popular um, packages and bills and, you know, taking things more seriously and like handling covid better and more leadership like that wasn't rocket science to figure out how this presidency could be going better, but they are so incompetent and don't want to do any of those things because the only thing that they care about is their donors that I think you're right. We get in this cycle just from Bush to Obama to Trump to back to Biden. (laughs) We're going to go right back to whatever the next Republican is. Yeah. I mean, so I, I just like, you know, I think people are freaking out over like, I mean, everything just exploded into this like reactionary, you know, takes and, oh, it's all about critical race theory. And, and you know, it's all because, you know, the whites are afraid to talk about, you know, racism or whatever. I mean, I, mean, I like just that's think that's just like total people who are saying that though. Yeah. That's just so like manufactured, like, I, but, but I do believe there's probably part of it. That is these people, like if you saw the campaigns, those guys are running, they weren't talking about much, No, but there was quite a few sound bites where like in debates, they were talking about how we need to have parents more involved in the schools. Parents should have a say what their kids are learning. Like this is ridiculous. And then you've got the democratic guy saying parents shouldn't have the ability to say what, See, uh, choose what their kids are learning in school. Like, if I'm a parent, I see that that directly impacts my kids in my life in a material way. That sways me to vote towards the Republican guy, even if it's critical race theory or not. It's like just almost like common sense just goes out the window to protect like these virtue signaling initiatives that nobody actually thinks are a good idea. 
Well, and I think um, your point around like they didn't run on anything. Like there was no like, I, and that and that's like, of course, you know what Crystal and Sagar talked about, right? It was like, yeah. you know, these guys didn't run on any, like literally not even one policy even just like the other guy's point. bad and i'm good that's all the other guys like him. trumpism comes in many forms as obama said you know that that's kind of the idea like listen watch to, out for these republicans listen to and i am sure you two have, have heard this but um you know our, our listeners haven't and uh listen to this this is like the last ad that terry mccall played before the election Leadership requires taking a stand. I have a message yeah. to all the white supremacists and the Nazis who came into Charlottesville today. Go home. You are not wanted in this great commonwealth. And not giving oxygen to the lies. The single biggest issue. The most important issue. Is talking about the election fraud. So let's just audit the voting machine. This election is about lifting up all Virginians and protecting our democracy. What we stand for and what kind of commonwealth our kids will inherit. Let's choose a better way. <laughs> I'm Terry McAuliffe, candidate for governor, and I sponsored this ad. I mean... Abs- absurd. Now, contrary all to- that, that whole ad was just, Donald Trump is terrible. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that proves that this was a referendum on people are over Trumpism January 6th, like that being what we care about. That's not what people care about right now, right? Their lives are being impacted by all those things we just talked about, COVID, the economy, everything else, right? And like, I think that was a referendum on like, we demand running a campaign on more than that, something that's going to material impact our lives. January 6th. And the fucking Charlottesville Tiki torches from five years ago are not materially impacting our lives. Well, speaking of Charlottesville Tiki torches, did you guys hear about the latest stunt from the Lincoln Project? Yeah, it is pretty bad. Yeah. So, like, the only other thing I had to add on the, you know, the Virginia election was kind of like how Jared put it. It was there were there were several similarities between this election and the California recall vote where, you know, like, like we like, we, like I asked before, like, is it a big deal or a small potatoes? Well, it seems like a pretty damn big deal to the top brass of the democratic party, because it seems like every one of these elections, they've put a full core press at the very end of these elections to, you know, they, they bring in Obama, they bring in Pelosi, they bring in Kamala, they yeah, bring in everybody. Biden to like everybody they're, they're pulling out all the stops and even the Lincoln projects getting involved. Um, you guys, like you said, you just, you're, you, you know about this already, but for the listeners. So, um, there was a rally that, uh, Yunkin held in Charlottesville. I think it was last week or it wasn't that long ago. And there were these five, there was a picture of these five demonstrators that stood right outside of Yunkin's campaign bus at his rally. And they were dressed in the white button downs with the, you know, like the, the tan pants and they were all holding tiki torches and all had like red hats on clearly trying to emulate, you know, the individuals from Charlottesville back in 2017 that, you know, Trump is on record of saying that these people have quote, very fine qualities. And 
of course, you know, like, and, and they're chanting, they were chanting stuff. I, I think, you know, supporting, um, Yunkin. And obviously the, the goal of this was for people to see them and like, Oh my God, these are, these are the supporters that Yunkin has. This is awful. This is terrible. And it turns out that the Lincoln project was behind that entire thing. They sent those five demonstrators there to pose as those supporters of, you know, white supremacy or, or whatever you want to call it. And they didn't admit this right away. Apparently like it was found out that they were behind it. And then they just kind of said, Oh, we want to remind people about what happened at Charlottesville. And, you know, and, and then later on, they, one of the, um, one of the, not, I want to guess a spokesperson for the Lincoln project pretty much was saying like, you know, we're, we're not afraid to get our hands dirty for the democratic party. We'll do things that other Democrats won't dare to do. So it just shows like, you know, all of this is going towards making sure that a democratic governor gets elected. Like, all of like this, literally, like I said, a full core press is being put on these states to make sure that they keep power. So just the fact that they're pulling all of their, they're pulling out all the stops, they're pulling all these resources and they still don't win is certainly like Jared, like you said, a referendum on what, and some foreshadowing on what could be coming for the, the midterms next year. And then eventually right. down the line to the presidency. All right. So I have a question. Do you guys think that we're ever going to get fucking get out of this era of politics where all people vote on is culture war. I mean, probably eventually, I mean, probably not, probably not for 2024. I don't think it's going to come out if there. When you but... say this, this is now I, I know I'm like contradicting myself here. Um, you know, cause earlier I, I, I do feel like just the economy and you know, the, effect that has on the president at the time can affect, you know, voters, um, you know, feelings, but like, it, it seems like, you know, this got turned into a culture war thing and Yunkin just won that battle because fucking McAuliffe echoes the same kind of, you know, democratic elitist, you know, coastal talking yep. points on you know, race right. and, and all that stuff. And you know, so if, you know, whichever one it is, if, if it ends up being the culture war stuff that is, in fact, shifting votes, you know, and not so much the economy, like, that's just depressing. I mean, I don't see a clear path to it ending. But because, <laughs> anytime soon. But because, like, if you look at what the, the, What's the word I'm looking for? The political theater that the Democrats and the Republicans both create for these topics for us to talk about to be, it is the culture war. They don't talk about anything substantial. And if they do talk about anything substantial, neither of them have any actual intention of improving Americans' lives. So without that changing, they're not going to start like suddenly. I don't know. I can't see an end to it. Yeah, so I'm going to read you this uh, quick excerpt here from this is a Republican um, that I know. So it's just a normal person, not a political pundit. Um, VA elects now. So th this is kind of, you know, you know, cements our point behind this is all people fucking care about and talk about. VA elects a white governor, black female lieutenant governor, Latino attorney general, and the Dems are saying it was a win for white supremacy. Could there be a crazier Dem party today? CRT is not taught in schools. Fat fucking lie. 
It's on the VA education website. Teachers have to go through white privilege training and admit they are basically bad people for being white and college educated. Then kids are told that their color makes you who you are, either nice, giving, black people, or white supremacists. I'm sticking with rounding up all these crazy fucks and letting them rot in jail. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, with talk like that, it's never good. This isn't going to end if this if it keeps going back because like, we do focus a lot on the Democrats and liberals propping this stuff up, but it's we 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 still hear from the other side too. So Have you dealt be- with any of that, Adam, at, at your school? Well, nothing like that. But I mean, the the last thing I not I dealt with, but that someone was dealing with, I told you guys about where that student just like call the teacher racist, like right to her face in the middle of class. Um, yeah, but I'm talking like the administration's not ma- like making you guys go through courses on it or, you know, um, talking well, to you about it and not talking to us about it, not making us do anything, but there was a, um, a cultural race sensitive professional development course over the summer that uh, people were scrambling to take seemed like everyone wanted to make sure that they, that they were on the list of, they were on the list to, to be on there, to, to, to do that. And I actually, I actually didn't take it cause I had other things to take, but um, it certainly seemed like the thing that everyone wanted to check that box and be like, like, you know, I'm good. Yeah. I've covered myself for the year. So no, they're, they're not like coming from, I mean, coming from on high and like, you know, pushing certain initiatives on us related to this stuff. Not yet, at least, but because like, um, what would you think, Jared? Is that, you know, aside from obviously the hyperbole of the language, like, do you think that's an exaggerated line of thinking or do you think like it's actually that big a deal? So I agree. So I I think it's very important to say, like, I agree with probably. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Nine, nine. 90% 90% of what that person is saying, like the all of the things he described, a critical race theory being not real, bullshit. This being about racism, bullshit. But, but the one area which I disagree, which I think is very important to stress, is he calls that the Democratic Party. I think these elections showed us, no, 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 no. If that was the Democratic Party and, and the same people who voted for Joe Biden in the presidential election – they would have won the governorship. I think there are a lot more people who agree with that guy that they are full of shit. Maybe they call themselves independents. Maybe they call themselves Democrats and they changed on this election. But most people do not agree with the craziness that all the um, that guy outlined that he's like referring to the Democratic establishment being. Yeah. Um... But everything you said was right. Like they're literally still saying critical race. Oh, <laughs> uh, he was on a roll too. Yeah, look at look at that face. Oh my god. But like, so that, that's There's what I was trying to. On MSNBC. Oh, Jesus Christ. He froze for like ten <laughs> seconds. He's still not back. Oh, like do you do you think it's a? I know. I'm in and out. I'm in and out. Shut up, Adam. Do you like? Because, you know, basically that person's trying to say, like, you know, this race essentialism, you know, or whatever, CRT, however you want to label, you know, this, you know, kind of momentum in in 
the field of education is everywhere. It's rampant. You know, it's a national thing, not like in pockets. Like, what would you say? Like, it, it, as if, you know, saying that CRT is, is everywhere, it's running rampant, like stuff like. Yeah. Like, like it, you know, everyone's it. being impacted by it. If you're a teacher, you know, I'll be honest, it hasn't really impacted me at all. And I'm not hearing a lot about it in, in, in my day to day, but that could change. And again, we're also, you know, I don't know if it's because being in a public school system, it's a little different because we have a shitload of schools and, you know, stuff just can't happen. Like, you know, at the snap of a finger, but to be honest, I mean, yeah, we, we've had conversations in like department meetings where we want to expand like topics that we cover um, in the curriculum, which no one is like arguing against. I mean, you know, there's, there's certainly um, room for that, but honestly, it's not something that bothers me because I cover a lot of critical topics like slavery, civil rights, stuff like that, that's not super popular. So not that I'm saying that to like say like I'm covered, but that's just how I teach. And I'm, that's how a lot of people I work with teach. So it hasn't really impacted us very much yet, but who knows? And but you, said, you, you surrender said your that. white privilege to do that. <laughs> yes, I, I did have to sign it away. We had to take a blood oath and all that. In front, but, of, the, in um, front of the class, just stand up arms wide before us, we talk about slavery. And I, I <laughs> well, we dressed up like we dressed up like Pelosi and Schumer did when they uh, went on yeah, one knee. Ke- Kenty cloths. Yeah, then they, we, we had our Kenty That's cloths, perfect. our ceremonial Kenty cloths, but. That's no, exactly yeah. what the kids want. Luckily, my white privilege is still with me, I guess. I haven't had to give it up yet, but that day could come. I don't know. Like, like Ty said, maybe this wave eventually engulfs all of public education, but it hasn't really affected us here in Rhode Island that much. So do you think it's a worthwhile, since this is what everybody in the media has made this uh, election about, do you think it's a worthwhile or legitimate issue to vote on? Let's say in a presidential election, or I mean, shit, even if you're in Virginia and you were voting on in this election, like, do you think that's this is what people like should be casting their vote on and, you know, swaying their decision making? No. You're you're talking about CRT, right? Just this whole, yeah, you know, education and race essentialism and all that shit. Yeah. I think CRT is a small example or maybe symptom of the way the extreme left and woke are trying to influence society right now, right? This academia elite driven change the way we look at the world, whether it's with gender, whether it's with um, racism, whether it's with defunding the police, it's kind of like in my mind, and I know this isn't popular to say, but like, it's like, let's take logic, throw it out the window and repaint the world. Let's be free thinkers. Yeah, but but almost like, like they're doing it, it to benefit themselves. Let's paint the world the way we want others to think we want it, right? Like like I was thinking about this the other day. I bet you every single person who has said defund the police falls into one of two buckets. One, they're a criminal. They don't want to get caught. Probably not the majority, right? Two, they have never, ever needed the police because of a dangerous encounter and have actually like feared for their lives. Anybody else who actually understands the need for police and law and order calls that idea insane. But it's these people <laughs> who live in these, again, these probably 
Mommy and Daddy Ultra Bubbles. College. Old, yeah, Ultra Bubble. They they want for nothing. Like they're creating this world that nobody wants, but they're doing it to virtue signal that they're because better it than sounds, generations. It sounds better this. than everything else. Right. Yep. You sound yeah. morally superior to your yeah. peers. And I think CRT is just another example of that. So I think if the what's on the ballot is this academia, liberal, elite-driven agenda impacting our society, absolutely should be voting on it. So you, you wouldn't let that impact your vote at all, Adam? I mean, I would just I just think there's other priorities that I would put higher than than something like that, just because I'm in the thick of the educational world and it has yet to impact me. And it also has yet to impact a very large school district. So, so do you guys I have, see... I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you may not know the answer. Do you happen to know, like on your, uh, on the state, I guess it's different for you because maybe you wouldn't be impacted, but like does the state department of education, like have a website. And, and I asked this because when I, saw that text uh, and it wasn't actually sent to me. It was sent from somebody else, you know, um, but when I saw that, they mentioned that it was mentioned, you know, that the shit was uh, on the website, the VA website. I went and looked and it was. So like, obviously it is, or it seems to be something that is impacting voters, right. Or is a conversation in, you know, those districts, so like, I'm curious if our state, you know, has something like that. And then well, it's we have the Rhode Island of, Department of Ed, you know, ride is, is, you know, what we. Right. So like on Ride's website, of. is there anything about like, you know, anti-racism or. Uh, let's see. Equ- equity. I think D, what is the um, D and I turn to D E E and I, right? <laughs> Diversity, equity. <laughs> Jesus. That, that's all they uh, talked about on that race. No, I, you not, sounded I'm like not, an Android. No. All right. Well, <laughs> that's all they talked about on that work call about um, like anti-racism was equity. And now we need to hire more black people for leadership positions and this and that. Yeah. Like right, the, well, Virgin, the Virginia Department of Education website had an entire page about anti-racism. Yeah. I mean, is this something that I'm as worried about? No. But sure, like something like Jared said, like more than CRT, things about defunding the police, obviously, I'm totally against that. Um, But as far as like CRT impacting like my vote, it would if I see it actually impacting education, like where I am, I obviously that's what I mean, I guess. Right. It's like, yeah, you know, if I'm scrolling right now, I don't see anything. I see COVID, obviously COVID updates. Um, I'm just looking on the main page, by the way. Um, donate to teachers. You you can can update us later. And you know, if there, if there is a, a, I will let you know, I will take a look update the listeners, but all right. So, so this, I guess gets me to are Democrats ever going to learn that this playing this side of the culture war is not a winning strategy. Well, I think in the next three years, you know, once because right now, like the Democrats control the White House, the House of Reps and well, just Congress in general. But 
if they just keep going with the same playbook over and over again over the next few years when the midterms come out and you know the presidential election takes place in 2024 and we see the like the landscape of you know state governments and who's in power i think that will have that will have our answer at least in the short term and maybe yeah. and and maybe that that will answer our question and see if 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 they realize that this playbook's not working anymore or not working at all Maybe they will realize it in the next few years. Like how sad is it that, that an election happened and neither of the two candidates introduced a single policy item that they ran their campaign on? Not one. I mean, that's just insane. Like that is so sad <laughs> that you know, and I, and I know like the presidential election was a national election and it was somewhat the same. You know, it's like the economic policies are always kind of put to the back burner. They're not as, you know, hot topics as cultural you know, issues are. But I don't know. I don't think that like Biden really was one of those guys that bought all the way into that and kind of was a that wasn't really a primary message no. of his. Um, no. But he I mean, he had covid to talk about and just getting back to normal. Um, he had yeah. covid and I'm not that guy. Yeah. Which yeah. is whatever. It's like talk about playbook. That's another significant part of the Democratic playbook. Is I'm not Trump. This guy could be Trump. So vote for me. <laughs> this guy <laughs> might. He might be. I'm not saying could he is. Be something like Donald Trump. Is it worth the risk? Um, that could be another part of the playbook that doesn't seem to be working so far. Um, but who knows? And what about like the media? Do you think? Do you think we're gonna hear? takes like this like and forever. the exit poll showed that, that which was interesting that the coronavirus or that the virus was a very low to many it was education which is code for white so you didn't hear the video at all huh no i was so no no, it came on, came on like 10 seconds after I started talking. Oh man. All right. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> I am forgetting it. Oh my God. I'm fucking believable. Well, yeah. So, all right. What was, uh, what was your topic, Mo? The, uh, fight for my political identity. And just what's been going on in my head over the world. <laughs> I don't think that's what it was, but okay. Well, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. It I was. was part of it because okay. you had you had some poll. I think you're gonna have some data to, to to talk about with us and how that's impacting where you stand on the political spectrum. Yeah, I have no <laughs> data. You get around to it. Whenever you get around to it. <laughs> You shared yeah. us a poll. But you shared the, us like, uh, like <laughs> some polls, Jared. You did. You texted us yesterday about. I it. send you guys eighteen things a day. I don't know what I said. <laughs> You've been on fire recently. I remember when we were talking about our topics, and you were like, "You, you brought this one up." Ty even went out of his way to be like, "Dude, this is a great idea. Let's go with this." And now you have no idea what you even sent. <laughs> nope. Oh, I oh, I think that was about the budget reconciliation. And it was all the stuff the, they took um, out of the bill that was popular. Yeah, okay. let's save that. We, okay. I got a better one for you. Okay, <laughs> okay. So uh, the, the other thing, the, <laughs> the other comment, and I think I, <laughs> this, this isn't going to work. 
<laughs> I um, <laughs> I think I should give up here. Mo, next time you're coming here, you're, I'm going to be in one office. You're in the other. Dude, just go sit next to the fucking router next time. <laughs> okay, I, hold on. Let me. <laughs> oh shit! I unplugged my mic. <laughs> We've had some technical difficulties before. This is by far the oh worst, but most funny. Why can't I hear you? You sound like you're in a cave. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh. Uh... If only we had a video uh, version of this podcast, well, this would be an entertaining one. Technically, we do. I just don't. I guess you're right. It. We do. All right. Out to the masses. How do I sound now? Still, <laughs> what is it? Still delayed? Uh, Not at the moment. That, but, yeah. <laughs> we have to have a we'll, conversation for that. We'll, we'll find that. out. It's all right. So <laughs> the, the, the other thing I sent you guys was... How do I catch myself rooting for a Republican win in Virginia as somebody who's always voted blue my entire life and has even donated multiple <laughs> times to Bernie Sanders' campaign? <laughs> so I needed to um, – I think it's going to make for an interesting discussion of like kind of what's going through my mind right now when it comes to my political home and feeling a little bit torn. How do I sound? Still all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I, I guess I'll start with why I think I've always leaned towards the more liberal Bernie Democratic side. And as much as I'd want to say, I think it's about helping others and raising, you know, the basement of America and less losers and all. I think it's only a small part of it. I think the other bigger part of it to me has always been my biggest uh, issue with the way our country is run right now and our government is run is everything is done for political, special interests, donor class, elites, etc. All the tax breaks, all the government spending, all that is to benefit them. And the Dems have run on and stood for, we're going to reduce the income inequality gap, take the, make the 1% pay their fair share of taxes, redistribute that wealth to, you know, working class America. Like I see myself as working class America, even though I'm like, I'd say I'm an upper middle class, single white guy. Like I don't have any real concerns when it comes to like being in a union or anything like that. But after, I guess like the last really nine months, I don't know, year of just like another reminder that all of the Democrats saying that stuff is nothing but lip service and what made me think about it is this reconciliation now we have these dreams of six trillion dollars that are going to massively improve the lives of everyday americans and that gets whittled down to three and a half trillion that's still going to massively improve the lives of everyday americans and every single component that went against the donor class and special interest and in elites was taken out Every single one. So now I catch myself rooting for a Republican and torn between this place of like, do I just go full scorched earth supervillain and become like a Republican? (laughs) And I'm not saying I I am, but I'm torn. Like if the Democrats don't actually stand for anything different than the Republicans do, they're just jerking you around to make you believe that. 
Like, why don't I just care about my own special interests and vote Republican who are going to help me as somebody who's an upper middle class white male and make my life easier and fuck working class America and everybody below me because they're not getting helped on the Democrats side either. So I kind of feel stuck between these two spots of this idealized fake world that I've kind of convinced myself the Democrats stand for, but I'm reminded more and more every day that they don't, which does take money and opportunity out of my pocket to redistribute wealth to working class America or vote the Republican way, which is mean hope probably less taxes for higher tax brackets, less, you know, intrusion on whites and males and all of these types of things. Like, I don't know. I feel torn. So I, I have the numbers that you don't, you didn't have. Okay. So these are some of the things that were cut from the infrastructure bill or the reconciliation mm-hmm. package. Um, because the the bill still hasn't been passed, right? No, dude, they're no. not close. Right. They've, they've so, got nothing. So this is what I'm sure they were going to try to get in reconciliation, and and they need to come to an agreement on that now before they pass the bill. So this is the stuff that just recently got took out of there. Paid family and medical leave for new parents. Okay. The percentages on support and oppose from the public. Seventy percent support. 20% oppose. 10% I guess are not a uh, you know, don't <laughs> they don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Um allowing Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices. 72% of the public supports. 15% oppose. That's taken out. Adding dental and vision benefits to Medicare. 82% support. <laughs> 11% opposed. That's taken out. I mean, like, that's clear as day, like things that would material, materially benefit, you know, people that need benefits. Yes. Old people <laughs> need dentures and hearing aids. How could people not vote for that? I, that's the point, right? I think if, if, yeah. if that were on the ballot, they would. People absolutely would vote for that, but they don't even let it. I should say, I didn't phrase that right. I I meant to say, like, how can Democratic politicians or any politicians not support that? But then in the darkness of the night, submit an $800 billion military budget. That's just a massive handout to military industrial complex. Yeah, because they get paid by the... The lobbyists of the defense contractors, they get paid by big pharma lobbyists, they get paid by, you know, oil and gas yeah. lobbyists. There's a direct connection of every one of those being taken out to them being told to take it out by one of those special interests. And they yeah, do but it so happily. your whole identity crisis, going Republican, I mean, in all honesty, how does that like, benefit you at all? I mean, honestly, you probably shouldn't be one party or the other. You can just stay squarely in the well, middle. I'm just saying in, in this in this exercise, like okay, what, going you know and going scorched earth. I, I like guess, the, the, yeah. Is why should why should I even care about those things if not one, not enough people in D.C. do to ever make any of them like actually real? Why should I get my hopes up for another election that there sh- will be like? I wouldn't even say fairness, but like something given to everyday Americans when 
it just seemed like there's no hope at this point. Yeah, I mean, like the Republicans will lie and pretend to do that. They will immediately say, we're going to lower taxes. We're going to do this. We're going to help, you know, upper middle class Americans, businesses, et cetera. Right. They won't even lie. But the Democrats are going to try to do the same thing, but lie about it. Yeah. And, de- yeah, and Republicans yeah. <laughs> get what they want every single time. Democrats play this game where they don't do anything for years on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I, I just feel discouraged. Like, why should I even try and support things I care about if it feels like there's no hope? So. Should you should you even bother voting then for things like this? I think that's my point of shouldn't I just at this point vote in my own interest instead of what I think is better for the nation? Well, voting for what's better should. for the yeah, <laughs> you probably should because voting for what's good for the nation only works if the right people are there that support those policies. Oh, and that so, actually do them when yeah. they say they're going to do actually them. do them when they say they will do them. Instead right. of, and you know what else they took out? Reporting and then actually following Free up. community college. Yep. How the fuck do things like that get taken out when, like you said, we just spent hundreds and hundreds of billion dollars on defense? Dude, how many how many trillions did we spend in Iraq and Afghanistan war? It was up to two, six trillion? More than six. Two? Like, yeah. Oh. I was going to say, I think it's six or seven trillion total. And we not, can't not spare even, like, talk chump about change. Climate, right? Or, like, talk about climate. At this point, I'm not even convinced climate, um, global warming is real because the Democrats <laughs> don't seem to care at all about it. You sound a lot uh, like a Republican now. But because I guess, like, I don't know. I, I always, like, you hear this saying, like, don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. And the Democrats say the world is burning. This is an existential crisis. Here's more money to oil and gas and nothing to save it. So like, okay, is it, or is that just another like culture war, like talking point, right? Like, I, I just don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah, I know. Or at least, at least the Republicans, they're assholes. They're going to shoot you straight. So you're a Republican Maybe. now. I was say, it sounds no, like you're the, the whole, shifting the point, to the right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the whole reason I brought it up, right. Is because I caught myself rooting for a Republican for the first time. And I, I I don't think there's anything wrong I with doing this a republic. In, in the in the way of sending a message. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I, maybe I, that's I guess, what some people did in this election. Yeah. Right. And maybe yeah. I'm totally full of shit. And, you know, if the economy was great, it wouldn't matter. And people would still be voting solely on these culture issues. But. No. So I, I, my point was not people to probably say, sent like, a oh, message yes. by voting Republican that yeah, might have voted I, Democrat. I that's more accurate. Not me saying, okay, I'm a devout Republican now, but no. it's like, yeah, I think like many other people sending a message like, how many chances can we give you? Oh, wait, we were young. We didn't know what was going on, but you did the exact same thing in 08 in 2012 with Obama, right? Everything you passed was a joke. You didn't give half of what you promised. You're doing it again. Like only so many times you can, you know, cry wolf. Do you think, so if, what if they just like, I guess, you know, there wouldn't be, <laughs> I guess this is the point. I was about to say, what if they just never campaigned on these things in the first place? And that way they never had to follow through with them. But I just said to myself, yeah, then there'd be literally no difference between <laughs> the two parties. No. Yeah. That's the only difference is, like we said, Democrats talk a great game when it or at yeah. least for for, 
you know, me and for probably all of us, like, you know, we're economically left. You know what I mean? So if they were for real about that shit, we'd be on board. But we know that's all horse shit and that's just all them talking. And so all that they're left with is the left side of these culture war issues, which for the most part, I'm not on that side of. Yeah. So I, I, I think well, what, what is that? What do they leave you with? What do they leave you with as a, as a decision? I, I was literally thinking about this the other day. Like if you would ask us 18 months ago, maybe two years ago, we would all probably have identified as socially liberal, fiscally conservative, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think now, dude, what is considered socially liberal is all of those things that we just talked about. Yeah. All the thing, all the things that were socially liberal two years ago, gay marriage and um, pro-choice, like all of those things, right? Those are just like mainstream now. Ever to your point, Ty, the new socially liberal has amplified those times a billion. The, to the far, far left. Like now, I would almost say the, I'm the opposite. I would identify as socially conservative in the current way that you'd look at that landscape. I'm not pro abortion or anything or like you're, that. You could say you're socially a centrist, I guess, is maybe. Yeah, yeah you're more towards and, the middle than one sure. side or the other. Sure. But um, it, like, like, it's just crazy how that much can change in two years. Our opinions and stances didn't change, it's the entire political landscape that changed. When it comes to culture, when it comes to culture. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, obviously as I learn more about how politics works, you know, I, I mean, anyone that has a heart and knows how it works would say, I'm social, I'm economically liberal. Cause if you're not, that just means you're all for the fucking 1% blowing it out and everyone else getting crumbs. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of how it is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we get, we get, you know, decent enough sized crumbs, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. We exactly. That's why you can't complain. But for the, what is it like millions of people? And I saw a tweet today of like all the different unions that are protesting right now, dude. That's not getting like any coverage at all from the Dems that are supposed to be the class of the working party. They're not and, even acknowledging it. And again, for the 150th time, don't you think if you're a Republican, you're like praying to God that fucking Trump just stays in his basement or dies before 2024? Because, you know, we we can already see like the, you know, we're not Trump stuff is waning. Right. You know, obviously, January 6th, I think, just made that go to new levels. But I mean, shit, dude, in 2024, do you really think people are going to fucking care, you know, about Donald Trump, if he's not running? I would certainly hope not. I mean, I would love to see if the Republicans don't run Donald Trump, what type of campaign the Democrats put together. I still think they would use that. What what was um, Obama's quote in the Virginia election? Trumpism Trumpism comes in many forms. I guarantee you that's still what they run on, and they just get annihilated. They get absolutely annihilated. They're not going to come. You think they're really going to try and run on a $15 minimum wage, free health care and student loan forgiveness again after just not doing anything? I know we said we're going to do this four years ago, but we really need it this time. And and now we don't have the House or the Senate. But we're yeah. Gonna- yeah, now we're yep. totally <laughs> fucked. What we had before we had the capabilities oh. to get this stuff done. Now we're going to promote it, but we don't have the House. We don't have the Senate and we're probably not going to have the White House. How, 
how infuriating is it to say out loud that they had the power to do everything that you know was popular they had the the, the votes and yep. they fucking pissed it away they because of two of them, people dude. because no of it's two- not because of two people there's a have you heard of the rotating villain theory they make them look like the evil people mansion and cinema it is a hundred percent the entire corporatist and centrist democratic party that does not want to do these things student loan forgiveness could be done with an executive order right like i i, I agree so that's that's fine easily those are the scapegoats mansion yeah cinema, but it's that whole group that yeah and i know there was there was a, a, a you know three or four senators that were you know had the most money from big pharma lobbyists that took some of the stuff out for you know, controlling drug yeah. prices and stuff like that. So, yeah, I know you're right. I mean, it's not because of two people, but, um, you know, they, they had the fucking numbers. They could have done it. And mm-hmm. they didn't. Like, that. that's just insane. It's almost dumbfounding, dude. It's dumbfounding. Like, you're, you would have guaranteed yourselves more seats in the House and Senate and probably a win in 2024 if you passed that six trillion dollar or even three and a half trillion dollar reconciliation with all those popular things like yeah, that it's, it's literally tax credit like th- that those were layups people you don't think people would vote for it. you just put money in their pocket lowered their drug costs gave them access to community college gave old people free debt right if you lose on that so fucking what dude like you should hang yeah. your hat on that like that's real and, fucking and, change they haven't done and, jack shit and now they're talking about how they've introduced a salt tax break into that reconciliation to pay for stuff. So state and local tax, um, what do they call it? What do they call it where you get a break on your taxes? Write off, I guess, right? right? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Deduction, state and local tax deduction. So there's going to be more of an impact on uh, more spending on the salt tax deduction than there is against global warming. It's like $500 billion in tax breaks to people through the salt deduction, which are like literally only people who make like a quarter million dollars or more and like 300 billion on global warming. <laughs> which apparently is like the number one threat to our existence. Yeah, we continue to, the to kind of existence. push it aside. The democracy is also at risk though. <laughs> it is. It you is. know it is. I mean, that that's the thing. Like th- that's why I think people and, and that Van Jones thing I think was like interesting yeah. because yeah it was you know, it's kind of weird almost like like i wonder if like the he producers were like dude, dude what are you doing yeah yeah, shut yeah. Up. Shh. hey someone <laughs> someone get in because <laughs> he Quick, said go, go to the weather go to the weather I, I don't have the clip handy but he said you know maybe it, it's just something that we can't see and so he pretty much admitted like maybe we're all just idiots out of touch idiots. He said, maybe there's just something we can't see about the, the message that Democrats are, are running on that just annoys people and, you know, makes them, you know, think that we're better than and stuff like that. And yeah. It's like, oh, really, buddy? No shit. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's like maybe they were doing something that is like annoying, offensive and just out of touch with reality or something like that. And I think Anderson Cooper, like, even like, kind of agreed. It was like, yeah, something's annoying, or something's annoying, or something's divisive. I don't know what it was, but it. it's just every, and like, but watching that is like, um, 
Yeah. Like, like, you know, they, they, they got a glimpse outside of the CNN bubble just for a second. And then it closed up. Like, and we're probably never going to hear shit like that ever again from them. Boys look at the ratings and boys being Van Jones and, um, Anderson Cooper, the ratings will tell you everything you need to know about what people are actually interested in. Um, yeah. Last thing on this topic is um, for me, who has a better shot of winning the Democratic ticket, Kamala or Mayor Pete? Dude. Because they I apparently, have, Mayor Pete, I will apparently be Pete. Go, go Republican if they go with either one of those. <laughs> I don't care who's running. I'll vote for but, Trump in a second. Well, but, that's, not my, that's not my question. Who do you think has a better shot? Mayor Pete, people hate Mayor Kamala. Pete. Yeah, and, they and do. Either. And the reason why, like, we say like fuck either one of them is because they're the exact same thing as Joe Biden is right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, and they're as from the they're from the Terry same McLaurin mold or whatever his name was. Terry McAuliffe. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Just they just regurgitate you know. DNC sound bites they came up with when Clinton ran for president in '92, haven't changed a thing, and stand for nothing. Well, I think they have changed. They adapt and they talk about that. I mean, they talk about things that are popular. They say, like, this is what we're going to deliver for you. And then every time it's a fraction of what that is. And every time, despite them having or not every time, I guess, but in this case, despite having the power completely to do it themselves, they're going to just turn this into like Trump's bad. And that's why we couldn't do anything. And Republicans are bad and democracy's at stake. It's an existential threat. You know, our country's falling apart, you know, and that's why we can't do anything. Nothing that we did. It wasn't us. Nope. And they'll just rerun it. They'll they'll fucking rerun it. And people will vote for fucking Mayor Pete just because, oh, the same reason why everybody voted for Biden. Oh, he's a nice guy. And, you know, oh, he's not Donald Trump. Yeah. And and he's gay. So people will vote for him there, too. I'm hearing polls that he, he doesn't have the black vote. No, what did they say? Like two <laughs> percent, like two percent, two percent of all black people support him. I'm and sure we it. won't get a deep dive and analysis on, on that from Don Lemon mm-hmm. on CNN. No, or no, you know, well, Joy Ann. What was the tweet? What was the tweet that I sent you guys a couple weeks ago where it was like Mayor Pete was a terrible mayor, got crushed in the election, like isn't even doing his job right now as the head of transportation, an American hero. Because he's gay, like like something like that. I mean, has he had to answer one difficult question as the, you know, uh, secretary of, you know, uh, transportation that we're having the largest supply chain crisis, like in modern memory? Nope. Well, he's nowhere to be found. It wasn't a question related to his position now, but I'm sure you guys heard the soundbite from Breaking Points where they were talking about paid family leave. Oh, that was now, so embarrassing. Yeah, that's the they stripped thing. that yeah. from the bill. That was so embarrassing. Right. And then the moderator reporter or whatever asked him like, hey, well, you just came back from family leave for having your kid. From three months of family three leave. Three months of it. Four months, yet, whatever it was. Yet you vehemently, like you, you're all behind supporting it, yet you were part of taking it out of the bill, but you just benefited from it. And then he just completely ignored it and said something like this bill is not a half loaf. It's a full loaf or something. Yeah. He went on a, he went on a three minute fucking diatribe starting the answer with that is something that I very much support. And the president very much supports. Yep. 
and then just proceeded to talk about how this is like in a new deal type, new era, new deal era type, you know, uh, package and that it's going to change all. It's like, dude, you are pathetic. Like you're just fucking, you're all liars, dude. Like you're all fucking actors, man. Like, yeah, that's why I feel like the only one that's not an actor is fucking Bernie. They really never, he never, he never seems to me like he's like, you know, towing the party line. Like he's always just like, you know, this fucking grumpy old guy who just, you know, gives a straight answer. He's never like he's he's said the same thing since he was the mayor of Burlington in this like eighties. Yeah, which we all appreciate. But when it when it has come for him to like put his money where his mouth is, hasn't really been there. Still, he chose party over people. Right. Oh well, that's you're talking about that segment. Break. Uh, uh, no, not breaking points. Uh, the fuck is it called? Crystal Kyle and friends when they had him on. No, I I was just talking. Oh, about yeah. We did talk about go, that. He was he was pretty weak. All right, they all yeah. suck. They all fucking yeah. suck. Yeah, They're dick. Yeah, they all suck. I agree. The Rock or Mark Cuban, twenty twenty four. They're our only hope. <laughs> they'd be, they'd both get my vote. How about you? You don't Rogan? think they'd get corrupted? Um, there's a chance, but it's better than the sure <laughs> thing they'd get corrupted. Well, I mean, they're all, all of our politicians are corrupted anyway, so just be yeah, more of the same. Yeah, might as well take a chance that they're not corrupted. Roll sure. the dice, baby. <laughs> all right. I think that was it. Well, you had one tie. I don't know if you want to get into your topic. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really a topic. I just was, like, fucking laughing at the... Dude, like, some it, of the... The only reason I thought it was relevant was because we just talked about the whole Dave Chappelle Netflix freakout and... Colin Kaepernick's documentary is oh, on Netflix. I, I won't watch it. I refuse. Yeah. Oh, fuck He's not no, getting dude. my view. He's not but getting my view. I saw those two clips, and I mean, how can you be someone who freaks out about what Dave Chappelle said and not be that. offended or take offense to what Colin Kaepernick's like saying here? Yeah. Um, these were the two. I'm sure you guys heard at least one of them. So this is the training camp one. So this is in the Netflix documentary. This is Colin Kaepernick talking about NFL training camp. What they don't want you to understand is what's being established is a power dynamic. Before they put you on the field, teams poke, pride, and examine you searching for any defect that might affect your performance no boundary respected no dignity left intact no dignity after going through fucking training camp <laughs> well, now the football players are going to into slaves So literally, yeah, literally making the direct comparison of players trying to come into the NFL and going through uh, workouts to being a slave. You know what? You know what I call that power dynamic he's referring to? Employment. It's called employment. You work for somebody. (laughs) you are held to standards then you must be qualified to be good at that job or you lose your job it's called employment it's got nothing to do with being black like and i also two things one 
I missed the part of the history of books where slaves had chances at million dollar endorsements and at the very least, like hundreds of thousands of dollars in contracts. And two, I guess black people are the Football only ones that huge go through. back then. Yeah, right. <laughs> huge. Took over. It was it was the it was the game. Um, and also apparently white players don't go through these same things. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're not poked no, and prodded. No, no, they're not. They're not searching for any defects in white players. Just just the black players. They say, hey, son, come on. You're, nah, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Get out of you're here. You're good. I, I don't Go care home. where your 40 is. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how about this one? This one's fucking incredible, too. Over the years, there have been some very popular TV shows starring black people. These shows share archetypal black characters, including social outcasts who assimilate or conform, like Carlton Banks and Steve Urkel. Everything from the way they dress, the way they talk, you're our man. Even the way they dance. It's also non-threatening. James Spurlock, we call him twofer because with him you get a two for one. He's a black guy and a Harvard guy. These characters have come to be known by the term acceptable Negro. The acceptable Negro is a black ever used that term before. What was the term? Accepted Negro? Acceptable Negro. So it's saying that. Well, all white people are, are the reason why uh, directors and TV shows cast these characters the way they do is because white people love them because they're non-threatening. Do you think he even wrote this shit? It's I guarantee uh, like I doubt it. I bet you it was just like some absolutely crazy critical race theory people. So and he just like showed up for the payday, read it and he's playing a character. I know we're white, but like, isn't that just as offensive? Like what he's saying, like what, no matter what race you are, like as Dave Chappelle's jokes. Way more offensive, dude. I mean, I, yeah. Dave, Dave Chappelle. Could you imagine all- being an NFL player and watching that and going, are, did you just fucking compare me to a slave? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure Ky- Kyrie would agree with it. Oh, I mean, 100% because board. it's popular culture to have that take. Yep. And but let's not forget, Deshaun Jackson literally said, um, Jews run the world and they're the <laughs> real problem. But he is still employed nope. by the NFL, still employed. No one remembers that. It's actually nope. technically not employed right now, isn't it? For you, yeah, he got cut yesterday because he still yesterday. thinks he's a good receiver and can demand a trade. It's like, dude, you haven't been good in like six years, nobody's traded for you. <laughs> like, well, we won't hear one word about this documentary, right? And like, no one will make a big deal out of about those comments. I guarantee you that documentary gets plugs to support it across NFL Sunday this weekend. Guarantee you. <laughs> well, I was looking the other day. What's it? Do you remember the name of the documentary, Ty? Something black and white. Yeah, Colin and Colin and black and white. So I was checking out the other day. Is it IMDb? Is that the like movie rating or Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes is a good one? That right, is, yeah. Just totally out of touch with the reality. So shockingly enough, Rotten Tomatoes, it's only a 77%. I would have fully expected for 100%. critics. E- is it the, what side is it on? All right, sorry. All right. Average tomato meter. So tomato meters the critics, right? Yeah. That's 78%. Audience score, guess. 20. 26. 38%. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, gross. So that's 
That's the nuts and bolts of that That's like one. on uh, par with the Ghostbusters female reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Which another one's coming out now. I don't I don't even get how. I don't yeah. get how they keep making these movies. Do you think it changes how anybody feels about Kaepernick? Yeah, I don't think I mean he has even less and less people supporting him. And now it's just that woke diatribe of elites. Everybody else is like, all right, man, that's not quite what I meant when I said I'm cool with kneeling, but. Yeah, well, I think that's the point, Jared. Is like if he had stopped at the kneeling part, which again, I think as more information came out about it, like I don't really have a huge issue with that. I mean, at all. I I think anyone who really does is kind of just an asshole and wants something to complain about. But if he just stopped there, I don't, and he just like disappeared. I think it would have been fine. I think more people would have remembered him as like, you know, a figure that's standing for something. But since then, I mean, he's, he's just been off the, the fucking rails. In. Absolutely. Um, that, 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 that's what it out. is, Ty. He's cashing it's a, out. It's a grift at this point, dude. It's a yeah, grift. Of course. He's, he's become a character to just try to make as much money as possible standing up for the stuff with the Nike deals and the Netflix deal. Like, it's a grift. And then you right. still have people that are claiming that he should be in the NFL. Dude, you know, starting. He, they still keep putting him in all the Madden games, whatever. What's the new, what's the of new Madden? Of course they're going to put him in the Madden they games. They keep putting him in as a free agent and his scores in the 80s every single year <laughs> as a free agent. <laughs> Which is so fucking st- like not true. Carson, anybody- Carson Wentz is like a 72 Kaepernick's like in the 80s. You should, you, Mo, you should start a season with Kaepernick and see how well you do with your franchise. Probably has 99 potential. I'll probably win a Super Bowl. <laughs> probably. And I, I, don't you want to say to Colin, like I thought about it, I was like, Colin, turn on the radio. What, what, are, what is the makeup of a genre of music that dominates the headlines yeah. and is on it every party you go to, no matter if it's full of white people or you know not? It's rap. We black culture, yeah, like white people love black culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there we some, don't. There like, are some people that pretend to be black that are white. <laughs> they love it so much. <laughs> right, exactly. You, you don't know, like, see black people pretending to be white. No, nobody wants it. <laughs> no one wants only, to do that. Only OJ. <laughs> only OJ. Sure, yeah, only OJ. But like, do you think that like, you know, future is non-threatening and <laughs> you know. Uh, has cool little dance moves that white people love or, you know, push a T. Like, no. <laughs> That's just so fucking dumb. Yeah, it is. It's a that was show. all, folks. That was all. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Nice passionate episode. I felt fired up coming in. Just took a little so off Mo, the internet to catch up to me. You were, you were firing on yeah. all so, cylinders this week. We probably got yeah. 25 links from you in the last two days. Yeah. Yeah, you were was down a little blowing bit, but, up but. my phone. <laughs> you were blowing up the phone today and yesterday. Just fucking hot takes left and right. <laughs> and it was a mix. A it was like it was about reconciliation. Then it would be about, you know, the culture war. Then it would be about the Celtics. Then it would be about uh, Henry, Henry Rugs. Then it would be <laughs> go back to politics. Just yeah. everything. Nothing's How about that Marcus Smart statement? He's right, dude. He's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, do you think this team implodes? Is, they they need I'm to scared. blow. It. I think they I'm need scared. to trade somebody. Someone needs to go. 
like one, either Jalen or trade Jason. somebody four, four weeks in, four games in, dude, five games in. Who are you going to yeah, trade that's going to make a difference if it's not one of those two? Who who said I didn't want to trade one of those two? Which one do you trade? Do it. Don't. Mm, I don't. That's a good question. I don't know who I'd <laughs> want to trade, dude. Two all stars in their prime. We have locked up to long term deals, and we suck. <laughs> we suck, and it's it, it has nothing it's to do with our It's the fucking coaching. No, it's not. It's the, co- the fucking coaching. Yes, it fucking is. Whose job is it? It's not Marcus Smart's job to say, hey, we need to pass the ball more. It's the fucking coach's job and, and to nah. draw up the we, goddamn we gotta, plays. I don't yes. think a coach makes that we much of an impact in the NBA. made more than four games at the beginning of his coaching career. He's never coached in his life as head coach. Give him some runs. Does Give this offense run. look any different than it has the last It's the years. same thing. It's, it's the just same just thing. It's all fucking iso ball. We That's were the up, fucking just, coach's job. We were up 14 adjust. points. I will say this to Ty's point. We were up 14 points at the end of the third quarter, and then we lost by 14 against the Bulls. Yeah, That's I don't know if it's wild, dude. I don't know if a team's ever done that before. <laughs> I'm sure they have, but I mean, Bad. it doesn't that happen works. often. No. Well, yeah, I mean, but like to be up by 14 and then lose by 14, like that specifically, like that's got to be very unique. It's very hard to do. At home, they were in the garden. Oh my god! If I were there, I'd boo the fucking shit out of them. And I've been trying. I've been trying to watch the games. I've been trying to support the team. It's so hard to do it because they are so bad right now, and they're it, so bad. It, yeah, I just desp- I used to despise it when Paul Pierce would do it, dude. Just the you know, it's almost like it's like the last play of the game every every possession. Like they just sit there and run down the shot clock. And then it's like, oh, here we go. And then Jason Tatum drives, spins, does like a fucking 25-foot jump shot, fade away, rims out. All right, let's get back on defense and then get pounded because we don't have anyone that can defend the rim. Same fucking thing. I've I've got got hope. There's been change. We got a new regime. They have till the all-star break to prove they don't need to blow this team up. My hands oh, are a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot, a lot of new rotational players. I mean, this that would be tragic. If it would be tragic, I'm not it, saying it, I could figure it, more, it out. Would be, it'd be more tragic than losing Kyrie Hayward. Oh my Norfolk. god! Yeah, because <laughs> that was pretty tragic when it happened. It, I mean, this like if these two can't figure it out together, that I mean, that's just devastating. Like, and they haven't yeah. to this point. Like they've had a couple years now, and they, you know, I mean, I know they're young. A couple years ago, though, I mean, studs. they were so on did the make right the Eastern Conference Finals two years in a row before last year. Not enough. Adam demands a championship. <laughs> yeah, I demand. <laughs> I yes, want I hardware. You have two young studs <laughs> like that, and we had a better roster. Those two, those cer- two years. We certainly should be. As good, if not better, than the old Brad Stevens teams that were a bunch of scrubs who would end up with a one or two. Right, dude. Division. We made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with Kelly Olynyk in our starting line or our top seven. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and IT obviously went off that year, but a bunch of scrubs, Avery Bradley, all these, you know, Jake. diamonds in the rough. And we did much better because we played team basketball. It wasn't just... <laughs> It wasn't yeah, just watching yeah, Tatum and Brown <laughs> dribble at the top of the key for 20, you know, 20 seconds and then hoist up a shitty shot. 
but like the for a teammate to say that shit publicly is like yeah you know something must uh, be bad that's not fucking good dude that's also like, not sure marcus smart should be critiquing anybody on yeah, shot selection smart. <laughs> not Steve sure he's the right person threes a game that. and hits one of them that'd be like russell westbrook like like people were talking about russell Wells. did you guys see that shot oh, he took great yeah that dude the, it, the lakers are exactly what we thought they were gonna oh be. man that's they're gonna awesome. they're gonna be in the western conference finals though yeah they will but at least we can enjoy how they're not they're very mediocre right now that's the only thing that's helping me out ESPN yeah. called them a super team of i hate lebron did, james dude, dude more every than other earth i've just decided that just i, I mean i've just like confirmed the club. like there's definitely no one else that i hate more or I've ever hated nobody. Or I despise this guy, <laughs> dude. That whole injury thing where he like oh, didn't even get hit man. in the leg and he was down for fucking twenty minutes. I, I mean, what's going through his head when that's happening? Nah, that's what I mean. Like, how do you do that? Well, when <laughs> your ego's that big, I don't think that stuff phases you. Yeah, you're just like, hey, it's the me show. Like, yeah, everyone came to see me. I'm the yeah. Lakers show. Hope he dies in a helicopter crash. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, sign us off. I love you guys. Jeez.